Brooklyn's Radio. Loving events in Surrey. The Weybridge Fair and Market took place on Saturday the 26th of June, organised by Weybridge Town Business Group. Stalls and live music and Brooklyn's Radio was there to provide the public address and music. Bobby Allsworth, Dave Gemitis and Alan Timrell met many of those taking part, including TV personality and Weybridge resident Ruth Langsford, who opened the event. Right here at the Weybridge Street Market, I'm pleased to say we've got Ruth Langford with us. Good afternoon, Ruth. Yes, good afternoon. And isn't it a beautiful one? Haven't we been lucky with the weather today? Because the forecast was for thunderstorm, I think. Yes, it was. But, um, you know, the heavens are smiling on us today. It's absolutely beautiful. These events are so good for the community. They're so good for the community. And obviously, I've taken part in the Great Weybridge Bake Off for a few years. And this is now like an extension of that. And now we've got the streetscape area. So we can have performers here. Everybody's come out to support the event. And I think it's really important after such a difficult, well, 15 months, particularly for local, small local businesses, it's really important that we come out and show our support. And speaking to some of the local businesses here, they've actually started up as a result of the pandemic. Well, it's been good for some and not for others, hasn't it? So some people, it's afforded them time to maybe relook at what they do and maybe start a small business. For other businesses, it's been a very difficult time where they're, you know, on the brink of bankruptcy. So I think everybody has has struggled, but I wish anybody that started a business the best of success. I have to express uh, an interest here because my partner, she will say, I'm just going to do some ironing and she'll be upstairs watching QVC. (laughs) I hope she's shopping at the same time as doing the ironing. (laughs) And you can guarantee when I turn the TV on, QVC channel comes up. That's going very well for you. It's extraordinary, actually. It's doing so well. And uh, But the, the most important thing is that's how much I love it. It's a completely new thing for me. I've been doing it for three years now. Um, so when QVC approached me to do a clothing range, I was quite surprised but delighted. And I knew nothing about designing and fashion and things, but I know a lot more now. And, um, yeah, so it's people like your partner who are enjoying it. Thank you very much. And I absolutely love it. Yes, good. And uh, you're moving... Into other areas of fashion now? Yes, I've just start, started my first shoe range. So we did some trainers, which were very, very popular. They sold out actually on the first um, show. And I'm at the moment working on my autumn winter range. So I've got some nice boots coming. Well, good success with it. And how's Eamon keeping? Eamon's all right. He's had a bad back, but um, you know, like a lot of people, it's very difficult with a bad back and very painful. And it's a bit of a slow process getting right again. But he's having lots of physio, and he's getting there. He'll live. Ruth, thank you very much for your time and support in this event. Not at all. Thank you very much. So I'm now with Diane and Anna with Diane Hewitt Gardens. And hi, Diana. How is it going? Oh, very well, thank you. We've been delighted with the turnout and so lucky with the weather. And I think the bees and other pollinators are enjoying our plants as uh, much as the uh, local people of Weybridge. That's brilliant. Have you spoken to the beekeepers that are here today? Not yet, but I also have an allotment and we have um, one of the beekeepers um, on the allotment. So I have spoken to him and uh, of course it's perfect weather now for bees. Brilliant. So can you tell me a little bit about the stall here? Yes, um, we've got a stall here with a selection of plants. Some we've uh, propagated ourselves. We've got canna, um, geums, a lot of herbaceous perennials that we propagate. And we've also planted up some lovely plants planters to give instant colour in the garden um, for the patio um, and uh, again for young children we've got a selection of succulents because we know how much little children love those. 
Brilliant. It does look absolutely stunning. Just standing here and the smell is, is gorgeous. Um, so Anna, what's your favourite? Do you have a particular favourite you brought here today? Well, I like all the vegetables and um, fruit plants. So we've had chilies and tomatoes and strawberries. And again, the children love growing things that you can actually pick and eat. But for the smell, the Nemesia is doing really, really well and seems to draw everyone in, including all the pollinators as well, because it's the, the one that smells the most. We've got Wisley vanilla is one of the Nemesias that smells beautifully of vanilla. And we've got another one that smells exactly like strawberry jam. Brilliant. So have you been really busy today? Yes, it's done really well. There's been lots of people out. The sun's out, so we keep moving the plants around so that they get enough sun and not too much sun. And it's brought all the people out, which is lovely. That's amazing, and that's something I never would have thought of, actually, moving the plants around to to get the sun in the shade. It's so important, particularly with patio plants. And just a little tip for anyone who might be going on holiday when you go on holiday put all your planters and pots together in the shade and then when you come back they really will be still looking good if you leave them out in the sun you're likely to come back to a dead pot if that does happen feel free to contact us (laughs) oh brilliant and so I'm I'm new to gardening very very new do you have one big top tip you can give anybody that's looking to get into to the plant life I think Don't be too ambitious too soon. Start with the plants you enjoy, the plants you like. Uh, Put those up, plant those up, make sure you water them, um, put a bit of good compost, feed them. But the most important thing is you just get out there in the garden, do a bit of digging, bit of weeding and get plants that you yourself like. There's no right or wrong with gardening somebody might say you can't put red and purple together pink and orange together if you like it go with it it's you know the plants are there to be enjoyed by you amazing and I love throwing all the colors in and Anna do you have a top tip I would say always invite nature into your garden. So if you can have flowers to bring in the uh, the pollinators and little tunnels and holes and some areas where hedgehogs or anything like that is likely to be welcomed in, then your garden's always going to be livelier. Brilliant. I love it. And just to finish off, do you just want to give us your name and the name of your business as well? Yes, well, I'm Diane Hewitt and I am uh, called Diane Hewitt Gardens. And I'm Anna Gibbons and my company is Allium Gardening. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Hello, I'm at Weybridge Pottery. Hi. Hello there. Hello, Brookings Radio. (laughs) And you are? Major, Major Lester. I am Weybridge Pottery. We're located in Mayfield Road in Weybridge. Great. Hey, it's a beautiful day today. It's so nice to be out for an event like this, first time. Now, wasn't there going to be an event at Brooklands, but and it was something happened with that, or, or, or what? Well, yes, behind the library, the library area, Churchfields area, there was going to be uh, another event, but that has to be cancelled because it just doesn't work with social distancing, unfortunately. All right, OK, bad luck, bad luck. Anyway, we had a lot of confusion on Facebook yesterday about people not knowing whether this was going ahead or not. Um, and uh, but luckily, as you can see, everyone's turned up, and on it's a beautiful day for a beautiful day for a fair. Really, really worked out well, and we're and we're doing a, you know we're doing re- re- reasonable business. I think people are in the mood to get out and you know be normal once again. Well, absolutely, and enjoy the sunshine, and it's just great to be out, isn't it? It is indeed. It's lovely to be out. Yeah.
So you guys are just local round here and uh, you've got a, a selection of your pottery today. So, so basically um, what this is, Weybridge Pottery is nine potters. Um, I'm, I'm the studio owner and I rent out space in my studio to various potters. They come along and make pots and then they come along to craft fairs like this and they sell the pots that they make. And I can and see so the... This is, this is Zoe here. My, Hello. My Hello, Zoe. Hello, I'm Zoe. <laughs> Are you a potter, Zoe? I am a potter, indeed. Uh, Which ones are yours? Uh, this side on the left, or on the right, even. <laughs> What's on the stall is Zoe's, in fact. You must be a busy lady then, Zoe. Yeah, I really I can... love... I've, I found my love and passion for pottery, um, yeah, this year, and so I've gone pot crazy. This is, this, this is, the, this is one year of Zoe's stuff. She's, she's, been, she's been the busiest potter I think I've ever had in the pottery. <laughs> I just really love pottery. I don't know. I love it. In a month, you know. (laughs) And you've been making. uh, I can see little houses, mugs, bowls, pet bowls, cups, uh, anything. I just love to experiment and make more different things. Yeah. A lot of mugs. (laughs) A lot of mugs. I love tea. I love tea. Mugs are the vessel for tea. And uh, I can see. You made a teapot this year. I did. I did this morning, yeah, I did. I saw my first teapot, that was great. Excellent. People queuing up to buy your pots right now. I can see lots of little um, doggies over there. Is that right. what so that's Jane. Um, she's a vet, a local vet, and uh, she goes, goes to zoos and looks at the animals in the zoos, takes lots of pictures, and then makes these, makes these fantastic uh, porcelain heads of various animals. Wonderful stuff. And wow, you're busy stall today, mate. It is going to be very busy, yeah. It's great. I mean, you know, um, I think it's, well, I think it is a reflection of, of the fact that everyone's feeling that, like we're the, you know, COVID is ending. At last, we've got the vaccination, you know, which is controlling the COVID. And, um, uh, you know, and, and on this stall, we're double vaccinated, we're tested, and we've got all our apps running. So we're, so we're COVID where we hand wash and you know we, we're covid safe and anyway yeah we're doing we're, we're doing a um, uh, uh, you know i think a safe uh, a safe market on a, on a lovely hot day and of course as we know the sun destroys covid immediately it does so here we are we couldn't be safer could we fantastic well good luck with your stall today thanks Thank a lot you very much nice to see you This is Brooklyn's Radio at the Weybridge Street Fair and I've been attracted to a cake stall. No surprise there. And I'm with Jess. So Jess, tell us all about your fantastic cake stall. Hello there. Um, So we're Cakes and Bakes by Jess. We do celebration cakes, brownies, millionaires, cookies. We've got lots of different things today. But most of what we do is birthday cakes and celebrations cakes for people. Uh, We've been working for about a year now. Um, this is our second time here at this market, and uh, it's really busy, and it's going really well. Yes, and what have you got on display? Uh, so today we have lots of flavours of brownies, M&M, caramel, double chocolate and chocolate orange, lots of millionaires with our signature homemade caramel. We have some really big cakes as well, some rainbow cakes and Biscoff cakes, uh, and we sold out of all our cupcakes, and we have some cookies as well, different flavoured cookies. Those cakes look enormous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they're big cakes. And, um, I mean, a slice of that would keep it going for a week. Yeah, you've probably got about three people you could feed off one slice of cake. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. And uh, what were you doing before this? 
Um, so I've actually been in hospitality for about 10 years now and I've always baked um, but we decided during lockdown we moved out of London and we thought let's just start a business. Um, so we started off doing a couple of coffee shops locally um, and then now we do our own thing as well and yeah it goes down really well everybody loves it. So once weddings start again and so forth uh, that's the sort of thing you would do? Yeah, definitely. So we've got a couple of weddings booked in towards the end of the year. Um, and we love doing weddings. They're our favourite thing. So we do big tiered cakes, uh, treat tables, anything anybody would like. Yes. So once again, how can people get in contact with you? Um, so you can visit our website, which is www.cakesandbakesbyjess.co.uk or follow us on Instagram, uh, which is at cakesandbakesbyjess. We post all our uh, latest bakes on there, anything anyone wants. Right, thank you very much, Jess. I'm going to walk away quickly here before I get overpowered. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm now here with Logan at Big Smoked Brew. Hi, Logan. How are you doing? Hey, Bobby. Nice to meet you. I'm all good. Um, nice sunny day out here. Seems to be going well as well. Nice and busy. It does feel very busy, doesn't it? Especially after the last 16 to 18 months. Yeah, everyone's been locked away. I think everyone's happy to get out and enjoy the sun. I think so. So can you tell me a little bit about the Big Smoke Brew? Uh, yeah, so we're a local microbrewery based in Isha, just behind Sandham Racecourse. Uh, we've been going for seven years now. Uh, started in the Antelope in Surbiton. So we used to brew out the back of that in a shed. Um, and recently got bigger and bigger um, and now I've got our, our unit down in the industrial estate um, and we have about six or seven pubs to our name now um, so growing nice and fast uh, just make really approachable craft beer and we distill our own gin in Kingston as well behind the Albion So not just beer, gin as well? Beer everywhere, everything, yeah No, that's brilliant So what's your favourite? Do you prefer the gin or the beer? Or? Uh, I'm definitely more of a beer-leaning guy uh, Fruit juice probably the best one our New England IPA, nice and tropical Brilliant. So just talking about your beers, what different types of flavours do you have? Uh, so we range from different types of lager. Uh, like at the moment, we've got a nice 9% Imperial Stout on, which is nice and chocolatey. Uh, yeah, um, so they range just depending on the hops that we use. But we've got some really nice tropical uh, IPAs at the moment, a couple of nice lagers, really crisp and refreshing. Perfect. And what about your gins? Have you got a particular favourite? Uh, I'd probably say the Sicilian lemon out of the three. It goes really well with elderflower tonic. Nice on a hot summer's day, plenty of ice. Oh, I might have to get one of those in a second, <laughs> definitely. And so have you been quite busy? Uh, yeah, we've been, we've been flying today, which has been really nice. And uh, in general terms, we just can't brew enough beer, which is a good problem to have in general. <laughs> That's quite interesting, because was there a yeast shortages, shortage? Oh, I have no idea about that, but I know there was a bit of a beer shortage, <laughs> so probably. Yeah, and it's very important, we need to make sure we get the beer to the public, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, that's great, wonderful, well, perfect, thank you so much for your time today. Cheers, Bobby, nice to see you. Yeah, lovely to see you too, I'm going to have to queue up. <laughs> well, yeah, jump in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm with Bella and Sarah of Bell and Mac. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Right, what a beautiful day for displaying, um, you make all of these? We don't make them, we buy them all in. They come from all different places, from Spain, from India, all across the world, really. And how would you describe these? It's fashion jewellery, high fashion. We've got something for everyone. Prices start from £10, so really good prices. And, yeah, very colourful, fun. Yeah, fun and fashion forward. So would you describe this as, as your taste in fashion jewellery? We love it, yeah. We wear all our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't sell it if we didn't love it. <laughs> we love it, yeah. And all Weybridge loves it today because we're yeah. selling lots. Yeah, it's been Fantastic. Lovely. It's been lovely seeing everybody out today. It's been a really fantastic day. It is, isn't it? It's just so nice to be back to this kind of thing again, mingling and, and yeah. lots of new things going on. 
definitely it's our first event for 18 months so it's brilliant to get back out and see our lovely customers again so yeah it's great and make new customers yeah yeah i guess you've been selling mostly online recently we have we've got a website and instagram we sell mostly online yeah and then we've kept going all the way through lockdown so it's been yeah it's been good it's been ticking over but obviously it's nice to get out and see see real customers again so yeah (laughs) exactly yeah yeah so yeah it's been great really nice day um is it more difficult to import things than nowadays during lockdown it has been a bit tricky because normally we go to trade fairs and we choose it whereas most of our buying is now online so we can't actually see the stuff and it's been harder to get it in from spain because brexit's obviously been a problem as well so our spanish um supplier has become much much more expensive so that's been a problem but but yeah it's been a bit tricky well you have a great range of products so it's working thank you yeah we we love it and everybody seems to love it today so great thank you very much ladies thank you thank you and as I was walking around, I've seen a lovely stall full of wooden toys, which is really nice to see wooden toys, not plastic ones. And I'm with... Anya. Anya, OK. And this is your stall? This is my stall and they're Anya's wooden toys. Oh, right. Yes. So yes. Right, good. And um, do you do a lot of this? Well, I used to before coronavirus, yes, but unfortunately a lot of the fairs have been cancelled in the last year and a half, which is uh, very nice to come out again. And what do you think is the attraction of wooden toys for children? I think people are not liking the plastic and the wood is sustainable and they're eco-friendly, so people are keen on the wooden toys now. And what's uh, one of the most popular toys? I think the trains for the boys are very popular. All boys like trains? All boys like trains, yes, yes, and the cars and things. And what about the girls? The girls are more into the music, the musical instruments, the xylophones, the tambourines, music boxes and things like that. So looking across um, three tables here of wooden toys, you must have a hundred or more different types. I do. I've got too many. (laughs) Yes, I've got a lot. Yes. And uh, it's all right. They're not coming for me. I'm hiding here. Um, Where are you next? So next weekend, actually, I'm in New Malden. And that's about the only other one um, at the moment. Yes, yes. Have you always been keen on wooden toys? I have, for my children as well, yes. Why? Because of that reason, you know, they are environmentally friendly. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I I remember my two daughters, they they both had a wooden train. So uh, it's uh, it's amazing that they're still going strong. That's good. Yes, I think they're becoming more popular now. People are becoming more aware. Yes. Yes. And yes, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much. Okay, so I've just come over to a tent that's looking rather hot, and I'm here with Andy. Andy, can you tell us a little bit about the Muskers Chili Jam? Yes, sure. Uh, It's something which we started since lockdown. Uh, I do events and things like that. Obviously, everything closed down with uh, the pandemic we started growing chilies and then we made them into a jam 
we had a few people that liked it, wanted to buy it, and it's just expanded from there. Over the last 18 months, I think we've sold over 2,000 jars of the jam. So today what we're doing is we're doing a chilli challenge. So we're using some of the jams on a very small pizza uh, with the guys from Stoked. Uh, People have to eat all six slices as quickly as they can. The last slice will contain the Carolina Reaper, which is the world's hottest chilli. Wow, yeah, and I have just noticed behind you the pizza box has just been delivered to the next <laughs> challengee. Next contestant, yes. So this gentleman, we're just waiting for it to cool down a bit. He will start with the yellow slice and then work his way round. Uh, and he's got to consume it all within three minutes and ten seconds. That's the record. Or you can just have it as a challenge that he's managed to eat all the slices. They are very, very hot. Perfect. And I noticed you do have a, um, a little challenge leaderboard behind you. So is three minutes the fastest somebody's done it today or ever? It's today. And is there a fastest somebody's ever done it? Uh, this is completely new and unique. So normally what people do when they do a chilli challenge is they have all the individual chilies and they go through them and work up to the Carolina Reaper. We've blended the chilies. They then go on one of Nick's pizzas. Uh, and we're doing it that way. I think it's brilliant. Who doesn't love spicy pizza? Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no problem at all. And can I ask, are the chilies, are they local or are they...? Yes, everything, I, I grow quite a few myself. Mine aren't ripe yet. These have come from a company called Chili Mash in Dorset. Um, but all the ingredients we use for the jam is all sourced locally and it's all UK-grown food. Oh, that's brilliant. And, and like you said earlier, you've started really recently so it seems like you've been very busy today there's been lots of queues out of your tent yes yes everybody wants to come and watch the what people are doing they won't do it themselves but they want to come and watch no absolutely and talking about people coming to watch i see you've got a bit of a crowd so i'll let you go but best of luck to your challenger today thank you very much and if people do want to connect with you what's the best way to do it uh through facebook if you go on to chili creations on facebook we've got a page there brilliant well thank you so much thank you I'm with Michael from, what's the name of your store? So the name is Afro Mufasa. Afro Mufasa. So Afro, African, Mufasa, kind of from the Lion King. Oh, so, we'll, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see on our logo, there's a lion. Yep. So again, it's just trying to make sure that kind of people understand the brand, understand, you know, connect with the brand. Because if it's African... And most people know Lion King. Everybody <laughs> loves the Lion King. Yeah. So the idea is just that to basically what you're trying to do is we notice that um, African food is there's there's much African food in Weybridge, if not it's actually scarce even in Adderstone, Walton and Thames. I think we are the only ones who cater for you know the Runmead, um, Elmbridge area. So we operate. We are fully regulated by the. Um, uh, Elmbridge Council we've got a 5 star food hygiene rating so we do deliveries uh, and we also do um, you know festivals such as these um, Right so, now there's a lot of different product, different foods on, on the show there so tell me about some of them So um, the food is um, it's a mixture of um, African food from Nigeria, jollof rice we also have buruvos from South Africa we also have a different um, chicken from Ghana, um, Somalia. So we try to make a different blend of, of food. So, yeah, we've got uh, our chefs. Um, we are kind of 
originally from Zimbabwe, but we have uh, different influences from South Africa as well. And the, the food's jumping off the shelf here, it's so popular. Yeah. Yes, it is, yeah. We were originally on another location last year, so we were kind of worried that we are on this side of the, of the high street, yeah. but... You know, everybody remembered us from last year. <laughs> no worries that depending, you know, regarding where the location we're using, it's fine. It's they're all back again. Yeah, they're all back again. And it's such a lovely day. There's so many yes. people. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So thank you so much, Waybridge, Elmbridge, Adderstone, Runmead, Walton on Thames, everyone, Hersham, who really appreciate the support. It's AfroMufasa.com. We're also on Facebook, AfroMufasa. Ada from Mufasa, or we are also on Instagram at from Mufasa. And do you do deliveries, or is it yeah, mostly these events? Yeah, so we do deliveries events? around the area, around three, five mile radius. So yeah. where are you based? Here. So we are based in Weybridge, yes. Yeah. That's cool. No, thank you. I think you're going to run out of food though, because you're, <laughs> you're too popular today. Yes, yes. I think <laughs> our prices are quite reasonable as well, which is the other thing. So quite reasonable price. We notice that sometimes we go to these street fairs, people charge a lot of money. You have a whole meal where everything is inclusive. You also get a drink, a bottle of water, and all for £7.50. All right. yeah. What's the most popular dish today, then? Um, okay, this, I guess the South African burubos. I think that's kind of resonates. Is that the sausages? Lot. Yeah, the sausages, yeah. And that's resonates a lot with the African community. Uh, sorry, the, the people from kind of Waybridge area. I think most people... In this area, either from South Africa originally, or they've migrated, or you know, from different parts of Africa, and again, people just want to try something new, something yeah. different. Yeah. So, no, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much. So, as I'm walking around the Weybridge Street Fair this, uh, this afternoon, I've come in contact with James and. Weybridge Litterbusters. And James and Mary from Weybridge Litterbusters. That's right, yes. Tell us all about Weybridge Litterbusters. Well, essentially, we, we got a bit fed up with seeing so much litter lying around. Um, and it seemed that during the pandemic, people appreciate their natural environment a lot more. And so what we're trying to do is build a community of people who care about their streets and open spaces. Uh, and what we're trying to do is get people to adopt their street or do an adopt an open space or join a clean-up event and if you do adopt a street, we can put you on a map and then you kind of own that street and you are responsible for looking after and maintaining that street. And it might only mean going out five minutes, you know, for five minutes a week to maintain it, keep an eye on the street, pick up any litter you see. Yes. And this is a voluntary organisation. Uh, it's a voluntary group of people. It's not a charity. It's just a group of us who are concerned, you know, who wanted to do something about littering. Yes. And do you look after uh, the whole of Weybridge, just the High Street and Church Street? No, it's the whole of Weybridge. There are over 300 streets in Weybridge, um, as, uh, you know, along with a, a collection of open spaces and parks, you know, like Oatlands Park or Churchfields Park or Desbert Island. People that you know, go to these spaces, they want to see them clean. Uh, and, and we want to encourage... It's a bit like graffiti. I think the more litter people see, the more they're inclined to drop. If they see the environment's clean and they said there's a community of people who care, then I think they're more inclined to keep the place clean. Here's a funny question then. Uh, what's the most common form of litter? At the moment, I think it's, uh, it's masks and cigarette butts, actually. And we see a lot of that. And drinks, I suppose. People are out summer, people are drinking, they leave their cans, their bottles around. Yes, I, I saw you, actually. You were just uh, dealing with a can on the <laughs> curbside, weren't you? That's right, yeah. In fact, someone hadn't drunk it, so I had to pour out the, uh, the ingredients and put it in the bag. 
Um, but I think one of the challenges is that often the bins get full because people don't crush their bins or they put in large pizza boxes. They get full incredibly quickly and then they begin to overflow. Uh, and if they're left overnight, the foxes come, they just kind of, you know, take the litter everywhere. So what we're trying to do is encourage people to take their litter home or if they've got a, a can, you know, crush it before you put it in. If it's a, you know, if it's a, litter, it's a box of, of, for pizza, you just crush it, tear it up so that, you know, the bin can be uh, used for longer. And I hope Elmbridge Council are giving you some support. Um, they are, uh, I think, keen to promote and uh, encourage groups like ours. Okay. Um, because, you know, every, I think all councils are financially constrained at the moment. I think if they can pick up lit- less litter, that's going to help the budget go further. So, um, you know, so easy, isn't it? People could, if people would just take their litter home and not throw it away not expect someone else to pick it up or the council to pick it up we could really create a lovely clean environment it's going to cost the council less it's good for everyone so after a good day's work you go back and uh, you say look what i've got today uh, what do you what, i mean you um, where do you take all the litter um well we usually either take uh, the bottles out and put them in the bins because okay. obviously it gets you know your own thing gets full up more quickly yes. um or we take it home and dump okay. it at home but actually it's a sign of failure, isn't it? If we're taking bags of litter home, yes. that's actually evidence of failure. So we really wanted to deal with the root issues of why yes. do people drop litter in the first yes, place. That's quite all... So a full bag is a sight of failure, sign, sign of, of failure. sign of failure, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, James, thank you very much. Um, I won't uh, stop you any further working your way down the high street. Yeah, thank you. And I, I guess one final word is you can go on to elmridge.online. There's a, a web page you can register there and we'll send you regular emails. We will invite you to a clean-up event or you can adopt your street there and we'll put you on a map. Yes, okay. So very easy to do. So that website again is? Elmbridge.online. Excellent. Well done. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Okay, so I've just walked past a stall that smells absolutely delicious and I'm here with Caroline with In Love With Macaroons. Hi, Caroline. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. I'm glad the sun's out. So we're having a really good day. I know it. The sun has shone today, so we are all very blessed. And how has it been today? I've seen every time I've walked past lots of people out of your, outside of your stall. Uh, yeah, we're doing really, really well today. Um, it's so nice to see people out, having not had a market in such a long time. People are, from the local community have really come down today to support us. It's great. I know. And have Weybridge showed up? There's a, <laughs> it's been very, very busy. And um, can you tell me a little bit about what you're selling? Uh, yeah, so we have, we have French-style macaroons today. We have uh, a bunch of different flavours so people get to choose their own. We've got marshmallows, uh, a few tray bakes and cookies, brownies and what have you, and also some gelato. Oh, that sounds really good. And what's your favourite type of macaroon? Oh, ah, um, that's a really tough one. I'd say the fruit ones, so lemon probably, because I like that uh, twist of sweet and sharp. Oh, brilliant. And are they all homemade by yourself? They are. Everything that we sell on the stall has been made by me. Wow, and how long does it take to make macaroon? Oh, hours and hours. Uh, macaroons are really, really tricky. Uh, it's not like making a cupcake where you just know it's going to take however long and it's done. Uh, macaroons, yeah, they're, 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 they're picky things to make, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can only imagine. And... Have you do you really enjoy doing it? Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. Otherwise, I wouldn't still be here. I've been going for about twelve years, so yeah, I guess if uh, if I didn't enjoy it a little bit, I wouldn't still be here making them. No, brilliant. And you're local to Weybridge. Uh, yeah, um, my whole family is. Yeah, I live in Weybridge. Uh, my family do. My uh, my partner's family do. So yeah, we're all real local. 
And if somebody isn't here today but they want to come and buy your macaroons, how would they do that? Oh, yes. Yeah, so uh, via my website, www.inlovewithmacaroons, or via my Instagram, which is, again, in love with macaroons. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Right, I'm with Sharon of Geminora. Hi. Hi, hi David. How are you? Fine, thanks. Now you're obviously a jewellery store, so why the name Geminora? Picked it off the shelf. Gem in this era. So Geminera. So it was purely and simply actually a bit of a fluke. We were playing you know, laughing and joking around about names and that one sort of stuck. So we went with it. It's been good. And you're a bit of a gem. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> It's been great today. Really, really lovely. Seen lots of people. It's so nice to see our town busy again. Mm. It's been, so it's been great. And you guys have done such a good job as well. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I mean, Gemini is right next to Brookings Radio, so you get the benefit of the lovely music, of course. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, it's been super. It is great to meet people again, isn't it? First event like this for ages. come out and see people again in our town. Um, yeah, it's been really lovely. And it's been very well supported. Loads of people have been out today. Everyone's, you know, we've got all the um, hand sanitizers and things like that. Everyone's been keeping, you know, sort of socially distanced. But, yeah, it's been fun. It's been great. Now, how would you describe your range of jewellery? It's quite an eclectic range because we, we, we were pitched at high end with diamonds and then just with silver, with um, cubic zirconia. So it's, it's a price range for many people. You know, so some of it is very pricey, but we've had little children here today buying pieces for their sisters. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been lovely. There is there a particular target market, a niche market you go after? No, not really. Um, just just things that you like? They, just things that I like. Literally, things that I like. And hopefully other people will like it too. Well, they do, judging by the queue of people you've yes, had here. Yeah, it's been very busy. We've been very lucky. No, it's been fun though. It's great fun. It is, isn't it? And um, your daughter helping you today? She is, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Yep, she's been helping. And my sister's been here, Tina, as well. So we, It's a family affair. <laughs> good way to do business. Yeah, yeah. No, it's lovely. It's been good fun. Great, thank you very much. You're welcome, thank you. So now I'm walking down Weybridge High Street and I've stopped off at Surrey Beekeepers. Weybridge Division. Okay, and I'm talking to... Michael Main. Right. I'm the treasurer for the Weybridge Division of Surrey Beekeepers. Okay, division sounds like a large organisation. Surrey is divided into eight separate divisions... So we go from Croydon, Wimbledon, Farnham, Guildford, here, um, Epsom. So it's a whole range of uh, associations. We're all part of the the Surrey Beekeepers, which is the charity. We we operate as separate operations. So here today we've got a a stand. We're selling some local produce. Uh, It's all produced by our members. Uh, But our main purpose of being here is to promote bees, bee-friendly planting, looking after our environment. So it's all part of, you know, taking care of what we've got. So in my garden, I've got some runner beans doing really well. And I'm looking around saying, come on, bees. This is where my runner beans are. The the, the bees should be there. They they do like... Bumblebees tend to 
go on to the runner beans. Honey beans don't have such a long tongue, so the longer the flower, the harder it is they find to get the nectar. So they tend to go to a, a nice open single flower where the stamens are easy to get to, whereas the bumblebees have longer tongues and they can reach into the clovers and things like that. How do you distinguish between the two? Uh, a bumblebee is a big fat furry one, and you'll see it. There are eight, or eight, eight common bumblebees. Some of them have got white tails, some of them have got yellow tails, some of them have got red tails, so they're all different types of bumblebee. The honeybee, there are eight types of honeybee, but they all look very similar. It would be difficult to describe to you the differences, but basically it's the shape and size of a wasp but much more of a beige and brown colouring, striped. Right, so while this... Uh, uh, th- I think they're looking for me. <laughs> anyway, um, Sorry, so... he's just been taken away by the police. <laughs> by the bumble <laughs> police. Um, How is the bee population doing? Uh, this year has been very poor. We had a very cold May which is when the bees normally produce lots of uh, young ones. Uh, a honeybee is a, is a social bee, so through the winter, they, the whole colony survives through the winter, but at a much smaller size. So come March, April and May, the colony has to expand fast because the honey flow, which is when the majority of their food is produced, lasts for about six weeks from mid-June to July. So they need to get lots of bees to go and forage for it so that they can store food to take them through the following winter. Um, May was very slow because it was so cold they couldn't produce the number of bees. So this year we are expecting a very poor harvest. We also had a very poor harvest last year um, because it was so dry It was so dry that the plants didn't produce the nectar because they need the moisture to produce the nectar. So in fact today, we sold out by lunchtime, so fortunately someone's come with another lot of honey. But it's only one person that we've got supplying us with honey because all the local beekeepers are waiting for the new crop to come in at the end of next month. What's the lifespan of a bee then? Uh, It depends. A a queen can last from uh, one to five years. A worker bee through winter will probably last six months, but during summer, six weeks. They work themselves to death. The majority of bees are produced in April and are dead within six weeks of hatching into a a bee. The drone, they are born or hatched in April, May time. By August, the drones don't do any work. So come August, when the flow has finished, The workers say, we're not going to feed you anymore, and they throw them out. So they have to go and fend for themselves, and they die off. So their their life cycle is April maximum until about September. And uh, on on the station in the past, we've read out about beekeeping courses. We do beekeeping courses. Um, Anyone who's interested in looking for one, uh, the the website is called weybridgebeekeepers.org, and on there, there is... A tab which shows you honey sales, training, so those are the courses that we do, and general information about beekeeping and bees.
So you can find everything you need to know on there. It also gives contacts of who to contact in order to follow those up. Well, that was so interesting. Uh, the, 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 a lot of beekeepers sell in local shops. Uh, I know that there's a, a, ba- a butcher's on Baker Street where they sell. I sell mine over at Whiteley Village Post Office. Um, and other people do green growth. I know um, one of our members sells it at Payne's Hill, uh, down at Garson's Farm, and they're all local beekeepers. So, so thank you very much. As I say, that thank was you. so interesting, and uh, best of luck to the bees. Thank you very much. And I'm now here with Amanda from Asher. Hi, Amanda. Could you tell us a little bit about your charity? Yeah, certainly. So Asher is a charity that's um, based in Delhi, and it's been going for about 32 years. It was set up by an Indian paediatrician who um, realised that a lot of the people living on the margins of society, living in the slums, didn't have access to healthcare. And she felt really challenged by that. And so she originally set it up as a health charity. She started in one slum with her medical bag, um, you know, giving out simple medicines, antibiotics and things. And then gradually she expanded and she would train the women from the communities to be like simple almost like barefoot doctors in the slums and then from there she's grown and and they have a big education program now so about over 2,000 young people from the slums have got into Delhi University through the charity by the education work they've been doing Um, so they they do all sorts of different stuff and then of late they've been doing a lot of frontline work because of covid um, so doing medical work and also giving giving out food bags and um, medicines and things just to keep people going. Amazing. And how has it been for the last 12 to 18 months through COVID? Has it been a really difficult time for the charity? It has been a really difficult time, yes, because um, the slums operate on a sort of cash economy. So most of the people are labourers or, you know, auto rickshaw drivers or, you know, maids in, in homes or whatever. And they all lost their work literally sort of overnight because the lockdown was very sudden in India and so um, people would typically have maybe two or three days savings so you know within a week or two they, they discovered that there were lots of families literally starving they didn't have food they didn't have money to buy gas to cook over so um, Asha kind of diverted a lot of their resources into feeding uh, the communities and they work with about 700,000 people in slums around the city and so um, at the moment, they're doing a lot of literally simple life-saving work. They're feeding people, they're giving them medicines. And as far as COVID itself is concerned, they're um, treating people at home because the hospitals haven't been able to cope. So they've been putting IV drips in, they've been putting oxygen concentrators in to people's homes where they need them for the very sickest. Um, and they've only had one COVID death in their slums, which I think is really remarkable. Wow, that is very remarkable and also brilliant as well. Um, and yeah, I can see on your table just over there, you have a very delicious looking cookbook. Did you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, I um, I went out to the to the slums really to understand more about what the women, how the women feed their families. I'm a real foodie and I love curry. Um, and I'd been going to, to work with the kids a lot and I suddenly realised that I didn't really know um, about the women and their food traditions. So a friend and I, we went out and we, we ate 112 curries in two weeks, which was amazing. amazing. <laughs> Luckily I had elasticated trousers. Um, and this book called Hope and Spice is the result. So it's recipes from um, largely the women, but some of the 
there are some guys in here too. Um, it's their food, and a lot of the recipes hadn't been written down before. They, you know, they were just recipes that their mothers or their grandmothers had taught them, um, and they're really, by and large, really simple, really straightforward. Um, lots of vegetable stuff because a lot of them are vegetarian. Um, so yeah, that was a really, really fun thing to to put together, and all the proceeds of that go back to the slum and it's available on Amazon as well as here today <laughs> brilliant no and it does look delicious and I would recommend if anybody is interested I've just had a little flick through when you showed us and it does look good and um, so if people did want to buy it or make a donation to the charity and they're not here today what's the best way that they could do that so if they go onto the website www start again www.asha-org.india um, then they can donate that way Thank you so much. I'm with David of Brian Reed Botanicals. Hi. Hi there. Uh, now you're selling um, cold beer. Good thing on a hot day like today. It's, it certainly is. And this is a particularly good beer because it's a, got a taste of a lightly sparkling wine at the front of the mouth with the herbiness down the throat. It's sugar-free, gluten-free, vegan and sulfite-free. So no hangover or, or allergy issues. Jolly good. I actually met your, uh, is it your daughter who's the My brewer? My daughter, she is indeed, yes. She's a master brewer and she developed this particular process which is unique. And it, it, it's gluten free and uh, yeah, and I must admit it is delicious. I have tried it. Yes, no, but I must say I, I'm a convert, but it's my daughter after all, but I love it. I'll have it probably every day. Yeah, not always the 4%, sometimes they're alcohol free. Oh, alcohol free version as well, I didn't yes, realize that. And where do you make it? Um, well, we're based in Woking, but the brewing is done in Billingshurst. In fact, Pulborough in Billingshurst. That's right. West Sussex. Oh, that's quite a long way away, but uh, okay, yeah. So, now, your tagline says, the wine lovers beer. That is unusual. Yes. Now, that's because it is a beer. It's 100% a beer. But because it's got that taste of the lightly sparkling wine at the front of the mouth, one of our customers, when we were sitting up for a, uh, a market, said, Oh, you should call it the wine lover's beer. And one of the other ones also said it's tangy like Prosecco, refreshing like beer. So we used them both. Tangy like Prosecco, that's a great tagline. It, it is indeed. It's quite popular, you know. But I always like to say it's, it's uh, tangy like a good Prosecco. Ah. <laughs> so um, how, how, many thing, how many items in the range? I beg your pardon? How many different beers in the range? Oh, no. there's, there's just the two, the uh, 4% and the alcohol-free. Uh, the flavour notes um, are of um, elderflower, peach, grapefruit, gooseberries, pomegranate and so on. Um, personally, I taste grapefruit, but a lot of people taste the elderflower, peach or guava. It depends on your palate. It was, uh, yeah, it was elderflower as a flavour, I remember, to be honest. Yes, um, yes. Passion fruit and all sorts. Yes, yes. We had a, uh, one of those sommeliers, uh, those taste specialists, testing to see which flavours came through, and those, those were them. That's quite a list. And, um, yes, I must admit, I love the stuff. And my brother, who's gluten-free, he likes it. Yes. No, I, I'm, in fact, gluten intolerant, so I, uh, and I can drink this with absolute no difficulties whatsoever. Which is um, a specialist market, but it's a growing market, isn't it? It is indeed. And we're finding particularly the alcohol-free. I think people who are, maybe have uh, overindulged over lockdown are now finding the joys of a, uh, a, a, a really, really good um, alcoholic, a non-alcoholic adult drink for people who don't want to drink anymore.
Now, if people want to buy online, how do they do that? Well, yeah, just go to our, uh, our website, which is um, binarybotanical.com, and they can buy online there. But we also at Amazon and on Ocado. You can order there. And events like today, of course. A bigger part. Events like today. And events like today, yes. We, we have events every, every weekend and sometimes during the week as well. Great. We'll carry on the good work. Nice Thank to meet you. Thank you very much. Lovely meeting you as well. So I'd like to introduce Didi and Ketchi right now that are with Zuta. And I, would you like to just tell me a little bit about your stall that you've got here today? Uh, yes. Um, so Zuta um, means shop basically in a Nigerian language um, and what we do is we, uh, we retail um, stuff for artisans from West Africa um, so we have the um, fashion side of what we do which is called Zuta Clubs and then we have Zuta Groceries which um, we try to help and um, fulfill the, the needs of people that live locally who might be interested in West African cuisine um, uh, by that we sell groceries and then we also have um, the jollof box which is why I, um, I pulled you over really um, and we have a kit um, which has all the ingredients all measured out for, for jollof rice which is a Nigerian West African dish um, yeah so that's what we do we just try to bring a flavour of West Africa to, um, to, 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 to the sorry really Amazing. And have you made the one that's in the pot there today? I have made the one in the pot today. So you're going to try a bit and let me know what you think. Absolutely. It looks delicious. And so are the kits available to buy right now? They are available to order right now and then they'll be delivered to your doorstep or you can pick up. We're just in Queens Road in Weybridge. Okay. Oh, perfect. And can I just ask as well, is it an individual recipe or is it like a, a family recipe or is it, does it, you have... A recipe that you found? Um, you can say it's a family recipe because um, it's kind of what my mom used to make um, and yeah so I've done that um, over time. I did have a little bit of a jollof rice business in uni um, so same recipe I've, I've always used yes. Okay oh well I very much look forward to trying it and also I've noticed that you have a lot of wonderful pieces on display over there. Did you want to talk me through a little bit? Um, okay so this is the fashion, clothing, small items, gifts um, and everything here is inspired by Western Africa. So we have products from Ghana. We have products from Nigeria as well. And all the fabrics are locally sourced. And, manu- and all, every item is manufactured in, in Africa. And then we sell it here. And they are made by artisans, by local makers as well. Handmade. Um, yeah, so everything here is authentic. Brilliant. It does look fabulous. And if anybody does want to come and buy them, what's the best way for anybody who's not here today? We've got um, a website. However, we're a local business as well. We're on Queen's Road, just beside Boho Cafe. So you can walk in and you can buy anything that you want to buy. It's right there for you. And if you wanted to give a gift item and you wanted to give them something different, this is the best place to come to. Just come down to Queen's Road. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. And sorry, what was your website? It's www.zutaclubs.com. Easy. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bobby Allsworth, Dave Demetris and Alan Timbrell were meeting those taking part in the Weybridge Fair and Market on Saturday the 26th of June. The event was organised by the Weybridge Town Business Group and we look forward to another Weybridge event on Saturday the 4th of September. Brooklyn's Radio Loving Events in Surrey